Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael, Myself, or Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to Friday. It's April the 22nd, 2016. And our call-in number is 646 200 4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Michael. Okay. Mute challenge. Mute challenge. I'm here. Can you hear me, Jeannie? I can, so keep going. Oh, good. Okay. I couldn't hear you there for a moment. Well, welcome, everyone. We're honored. We're delighted and blessed that you choose to join us. And uh, we get to uh, share this conversation about forgiveness one more time. We get to move through layers and levels of sanity and insanity together that just opens the most awesome space. We've had so much going on here the last day or two. Uh, there's one young lady who calls into the show fairly often who's uh, working with through some really severe healing processes, some deep, deep uh, what the world calls disease processes that she's turning around and shifting into another energetic dynamic. I just actually got off the phone with a young man in Kenya, Africa, who's processing through dealing with some relationship issues that are, uh, are pretty deep and uh, traumatic for him. And uh, working with another gentleman this morning, actually here in Florida, who's uh, getting ready to go into a, a long-term treatment program to get to the other side of some layers of energy that he's dealing with. So there's lots of exciting things happening in the world. Uh, so many, so many people who are tapping into these tools, starting to understand the the difference between the world between our ears and the belief that the world between our ears is actually out there and really realizing which makes all the difference in the world that the eye is a one-way valve. It lets information in. It doesn't send any out. You can't see through it. You can't perceive through it. You can't get anything that's outside of you through your eyes. All you can get is frequencies that stimulate brain cells that create pictures, and the pictures are all about the internal condition of the mind. 
And when we recognize that, then suffering becomes a different game. The gentleman that I was speaking with in Africa just got off the phone with him two minutes ago. And his conversation was about, well, there's this particular event going on in my life, and I have just been suffering so much over that. And as we do on the radio show, I stopped in mid-sentence, which some people think that that's kind of an offensive thing to do. Well, how dare you talk someone who's t- t- tell someone who's telling their story to stop? It's like, well, here's how I dare. If I tell myself a story that's a lie, then my mind is going to show me a world of pictures, a perceptual construct that's a lie. And if I live in and buy into my lie, then believing my lie, my lie becomes unresolvable. So this gentleman in mid-sentence says, yeah, and I've just been suffering so much over this. And I stopped him and said, well, hold on for just a minute. Let me just ask a question. You know, this, the thing that you just defined that you're suffering over, started two years ago. So I'm going to invite you to go back five years ago. And this suffering that you're doing over it, did you know this quality of suffering? Oh, well, yeah, but what's that got to do with it? Well, my offering is you're not suffering over it. It's a story you tell yourself to keep you from confronting the energy that's causing your suffering. That same suffering was there five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, probably 10 generations ago. But if I tell myself a story that it's about it, then I think I have to resolve or change it. And it is something that is a construct in my mind that comes from my suffering. The it doesn't cause my suffering. My suffering causes the it. (laughs) And then once I set that energy up, and this is just, you know, a depth of understanding that I see coming, you know, for me personally on another level, but also seeing more and more people being able to grasp that. And so when I realize that I'm not suffering because of it, then I can cut the whole story out of the picture. I don't have to talk about that. I can then start to drop into my suffering. I'm reminded once again of the the genius Carl Jung, who shared with us such a powerful insight. He says, those who look without, dream. Those who look within, awaken. The person who says, I'm suffering because of this, is in a dream. Their suffering creates an hallucination, creates a construct in their mind that they call reality. And they think the reality exists outside of them and that they're suffering because of that reality. And they're stuck in a dream. And until they confront the lie of the dream and start to go, oh, I'm suffering because I have hate in me. I'm suffering because I have fear in me. I'm suffering because I have self-deprecation in me. I'm suffering because I have self-hatred in me. Ah, now we're getting to the root. So now instead of living in the dream that I'm suffering because of something that happened out there, when I can say to myself, oh, I'm suffering because there's suffering in me, now I can begin to awaken because I can go inside. I can stop thinking I'm looking out there to try to resolve the problem and I can drop inside to where the problem is. 
And as I drop inside to where the problem is, I'm empowered to resolve it because when I bring the truth of who I am to what is inside of me that doesn't belong there, what's inside of me that doesn't belong, doesn't matter how complex it is, how old it is, how deep it is, how terrible it is, when I bring the active presence of love to it, it simply begins to dissolve. Well, Michael, how do I bring the active presence of love to it? Well, there's this really, really, really simple tool that people try to make very complicated and complex. The tool is called forgiveness. Here's how it works. Here's the short form of it. My mind produces a picture, this situation in the case of the young man I was just talking to in Kenya, and my mind tells me that I'm suffering because of that picture. When I realize that what drives the pictures in my mind, what drives my perceptions is the goals that I hold, then if I change the driver of my suffering perception, then that has to collapse. In the ancient Aramaic language, the word forgive is shabag or shabak, and it means to cancel. So when I cancel a goal, what happens is the end result of that goal, the construct that I call my perception, collapses. When it collapses, it collapses in on itself. So when I shebag or cancel a goal the resultant construct collapses in on itself and now I get to do what Carl Jung said was awaken, I get to go within. I get to drop into the hidden part of my mind. I bring my essence love into the hidden part of my mind and all of a sudden my suffering is in disarray. It doesn't know which way to go because in the presence of love it begins to dissolve and I get free of it. And You know, it doesn't matter what kind of suffering you're doing. It's totally, completely irrelevant what has been done to you or what you have done. Whatever it is, if you recognize in any given instant that you're suffering, that you hold a goal drives that suffering part of you to construct a perception about your suffering and you cancel that goal, your suffering collapses. When you bring love to the hidden part of your mind, the hidden part of your mind heals. That's all. It doesn't matter what was there. It doesn't matter. Well, but Michael, you don't know what I did. It was so terrible. I don't care what you did. It doesn't matter. Well, but Michael, if if I told you what was done to me, you'd know that that could never be resolved. Excuse me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But this was the most terrible thing that has ever happened to anybody in the world. It doesn't matter. If you bring the active presence of love to what's hiding inside of your mind that's causing you suffering, then that energy, because it is not the truth of who you are will begin to dissolve and you'll be freed of it. Now, 
It doesn't mean that the first time you forgive, you're going to be done with it. If this is an issue that's very deep and has been going on maybe for generations in your bloodline, you may engage in many, many, many forgiveness processes to become fully free of it. But you'll become free of it if you'll do the work. That's all. So that's what we're here to share with you. And if you haven't engaged in that process yet, we invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.org. In the middle of the page, there's a bullseye. Click the bullseye, series of links open. It'll start walking you through the whole forgiveness process. Over on the right-hand side of the page, there are several social media links. And uh, if you go to the bottom one, which is a uh, red and white square, that's a uh, YouTube link. If you click that, it'll take you to our YouTube site. I'm not sure just how many videos there are there at this point, uh, probably 50 or more. And we're just getting ready. I'm actually, we've, we've just edited the, uh, the What is the World and taken the clips out for YouTube. I'm not sure what our time frame is going to be for uploading them. I was actually, before the show, just reviewing them. I'm actually, we did 16 clips. They're anywhere from three minutes to 15 minutes each. And uh, so we'll be uploading sometime. I don't have a clue the time frame, whether it's going to be a day or a week. But, but keep an eye, and we'll be uploading 16 new clips from, um, from the uh, What is the World video from Course in Miracles. So, it is an honor and a blessing to be able to share this work. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, Jeannie and I have been sitting reviewing the clips and going, oh, that was perfect. Oh, that was perfect. That fits. Oh, man. Michael, you were right on there. You know, sometimes you know you're right on. Well, I was right on. And it was just, it, it's just pretty cool to be doing so. So we're honored and delighted that you're here to share this space with us. Dr. Tim, how do you be today, sir? Are you out there? You're on now, Dr. Tim. I'm here and in transit, so I will be uh, in my office in a minute or two, but we had our group oh, last cool. night. You sound like you're going through the doors. I was, and now I'm in the hallway, but we had a good group. We had three people with eager minds and open hearts, and we watched the last part of Type in his Q&A from his Relationship Magic Seminar. And um, it really helps people get stuff stirred up and bring up questions about my role in relationship and how I set up expectations for somebody else to make me feel good and <clears throat> how pointless that is because I'm the one that creates my feelings and so it was another delightful evening of sharing and exploring how do I make myself believe something outside of me is causing my upset? And what does it take to be in a relationship with somebody and actually live from the space of understanding 100% responsibility for what I'm creating in that relationship? And uh, I just sat there watching the video and thinking, you know, it would be an absolutely awesome thing to have you and Guy Finley present an intensive together. It would well, be why don't you like. set that up, Tim? That well, would be cool. I'm, 
I, I've made attempts. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, one time when you were out there, we actually did get you to meet him. Oh, yes, we went by and spent some time with him. And, you know, if the space yeah. is there, I'd be delighted to do a workshop with him. That would be awesome. So, so that is my report, that and just, you know, being um, blessedly busy with life and navigating, uh, you know, difficult situations with people and, and doing what I can to stay in touch with my true nature's love and look for their highest and best. And, and that produces such fabulous results that words aren't really appropriate to describe it. But I highly recommend it. Um, you know, again and again, even recently this week, I've had occasions where people were accusing me of doing things I never did and saying things I never said and coming at me in anger. And it's such a blessing for me to be able to just take a step back and take a breath and realize this is a cry for help and healing. This is a person just like myself who's in pain, and this is not the truth of who they are. And and then it leads to an entirely different process unfolding than what used to happen in my life when I would get defensive or or return anger for anger. So I am very grateful for having access to these tools. Well, I hear you loud and clear, and I'm grateful for the way you help us to distribute them on a global scale and, you know, the... Uh, the feedback back that's coming back, I don't know if you're on at the beginning of the show, but I actually had just gotten off the phone with a, a young man in uh, Kenya, Africa, who's starting to use the tools, starting to engage in them, and it's just uh, interesting to watch how far afield it's going. So thank you for your part in doing that and uh, and getting it out there. Actually, Gene and I had a long day yesterday, and we finally decided, well, we're going to go out and play a little bit. There's a new movie out called The Huntsman, and it was just interesting to watch how the evil queen is able to manipulate, and I won't say any more so it doesn't become a spoiler, but is able to manipulate people's minds into seeing something that isn't there and swearing that it must have happened because they saw it and then creating conflicts between people over that type of uh, scenario. So it's kind of an interesting scene there where you actually see through the eyes of two of the uh, players in the movie, you see from the inside of their eyeballs the picture painted there. And then later in the movie, you get to go, oh, that never happened. But because they were in this state of being controlled by another, their minds produced those hallucinations. They actually saw and blamed each other for what they saw that never happened. It was just, it's just like life, you know, it's just, just like life. It's pretty cool. Well, I look forward to watching it. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It's was, it's was a pretty cool scene, and and it, and besides that, it, it was entertaining. You know, there was some some good humor in it, and uh, you know, just the the, the non human drama and trauma of someone who's hurt, who wants love, and all the aberrant ways they go about trying to get it, and then coming back to recognizing, oh my God, it was all about the love in the first place. That's all. You know, it's just on and on and on and how one person impacts another impacts another. And then as they reach out in their pain, trying to control other people and, and then getting to the point where they actually do control their perceptions and, and have them creating hallucinations that, that aren't there. I mean, it's just, it's all in there. It was, was pretty cool. 
And of course, the uh, the ultimate message. It's you know part of it is you know this woman goes through loss and she goes and creates a kingdom where there's only one law. The only law is there will be no love here. <laughs> and um, of course, what resolves the, the uh, pain and the trauma is the presence of love. And so it's kind of an interesting uh, play out, out on the drama that so many people live every day. And uh, just interesting to see how the instructions are coming forward. It wasn't as uh, direct or as powerful as, say, for instance, Inside Out, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good, pretty well done. So, Jeannie, young lady, do you have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anybody in the chat room with a thought or a question for us or anything exciting you'd like to share? I, I'm we excited about the way your book covers coming together. Yeah, it's coming together really well. I'm making a minor change, and I think I'm going to stop. But anyway, um, yes, we don't have a hand up, but we do have a question in the chat room. And it's a young lady that we know, and she's had some issues um, between herself and her children and some struggles in trying to uh, get that relationship back together. And she said that right now she is really working through uh, letting go of the shame and the guilt that she has around the unkind things that she did for her children. And uh, that... I asked her if there was anything in particular, any specifics that we could help her with today, and she said that anything would be helpful because, honestly, there was nothing that wasn't surfacing right now. Hmm. So when you've, when you've done something that now you regret you've done with your children, how can you let go of the guilt and the shame around what you did? Well, there are several things that can help, I think, the insight, you know, if you look at what you judge yourself for having done to them that was not right and that you have guilt about, of course, doing some forgiveness around the guilt. But looking at how, as a child, you had a power person, and when your power person was under stress, they did certain behaviors, probably the same ones that you did with your children. And looking at and letting yourself experience how it felt when your power person did that, breathing into that and forgiving will soften the pain energy that your mind is projecting into the fact that you did that with your children. And here's where a little bit of pardoning can be helpful. You know, what I did was crazy. It was an error. It was not right and passing on a family tradition. That song of uh, Hank Williams Jr., Hank, why do you drink? Hank, why do you blow smoke? Why must you live out every song that you wrote? And he goes on to say it's a family tradition. So letting yourself off the hook, pardoning yourself for living up to the family tradition, and then entering into the forgiveness process where you look at, you know, what was the goal you had for your power person? Well, I wanted them to treat me lovingly. Surprise of surprises. When you weren't treating your children so lovingly, what was the goal you had? I wanted to be treating them lovingly. So when you cancel that goal, what happens is 
your perception collapses into that file on being treated lovingly, and you'll access another depth, another layer, and another level of what it is that you learned from your power person and you played out with your children. And as you bring love to that part of your mind, that dissolves. As you can use the responsibility communication tool with your children, owning, being able to say in the space of, you know, I didn't know any better. I was trying to accomplish this result, and I went about it, and I was totally in error. And the energy that I engaged in, the things that I did were just in error. And what I'm here to do is to square those things up, to straighten them up, to process through those things, to free myself of it, and to support you in getting free of any pain that you may have acquired in any of the same patterns. So there are several things that you could be working on in that arena. So you could do worksheets on how you wanted to treat your children lovingly, gently, respectfully, how you wanted your, what your, you wanted your power person to do for you. And as you start to cancel those things, there's where the resolution of those energetic patterns comes in. Any thoughts for you, Dr. Tim? I think he's dropped off. Let me. Oh, wait. He's back on on a different line. There you go, Doctor Tim. Sorry, I forgot when I changed phones to press number one. I was going to say much the same thing you did, Michael. One of the things that really helps is, and and you know, you know, step six in the worksheet process is to get into the the space of compassion by trying to look at when I couldn't keep myself from doing the very thing that I'm upset with somebody else for doing. Well, this is the flip side of that. If I'm all if I'm beating myself up for doing something and I take a look at how I was an innocent child. I was the pure essence of love in the beginning. What had to happen to me to get me so distorted in my perceptions? that I could do the thing that I now regret doing. Well, it's all that we've talked about. In order to do something like that, I had to be coming from a place of pain or fear inside of me that was distorting my perception. And the bottom line is everybody is always doing the best they can in every moment with the resources they have in that moment. And even if that isn't possible to prove I love what Brene Brown's husband said. Even though I may not be able to prove that's true, my life changes so much for the better when I assume that's true and view my myself and the world through that filter. Great in so the question. The, the, the Guy Finley says it this way, the question isn't whether or not we did the best we could the last time we acted, the question is, is there something better we can learn to do? And since we don't have a time machine, I can't go back and change what I did in the past that I don't like. And if I'm willing to take full responsibility for it, I have the ability to respond differently in the next moment and the next moment and therefore build an entirely different future. 
And, of course, the challenges of doing that when I have a past can be significant. And that's where the learning to use all of the tools. That's why we don't just have the forgiveness tool. We have a whole series of tools that are about learning skills for repairing the damage done inside of ourselves, repairing the damage done in our relationships, and recreating those relationships from a space of love. And it's a process. It's not going to be instant. It's not going to happen overnight. But here's what I promise you. If you can keep bringing forward the active presence of love, however your kids act out around it, however your own mind acts out around it, those behaviors that are acting out will dissolve, dissolve, and dissolve until they disappear and things turn around. And I've seen that happen with somebody in a prison cell at the age of 50 when that finally turned around. So keep coming forward as love to the best of your ability, the next layer, the next layer, the next layer. And healing is a process. When you realize the enormity of the challenge that you've taken to say, I'm going to become responsible for my own behavior, I'm going to look into the roots of my behavior and clean it up, you're literally opening what the Greeks called Pandora's box that they warned you should never open. Of course, when they warned you, you should never open Pandora's box because you'll never know what you find in there. They didn't tell you that if you don't open and clean out Pandora's box, your whole life becomes Pandora's box. That's a piece of information that Yeshua gave to us. He said, take care of the heart for out of it are the issues in life. The heart would be the equivalent of the Greek's word for Pandora's box or the unconscious mind. And when you start to open it, there's some not very pretty stuff there for all of us. And it's a process of cleaning it up. And whatever has gone down before, if you start cleaning it up, you'll always end up a winner out of it. And that's what we're here to support. Jeannie, any other comments there in the chat room? Uh, one of the other people in the chat room said, yeah, but sometimes they get discouraged that it doesn't happen overnight, and then they put a, a LOL. And I said, yeah, but, you know, we didn't create these situations overnight, and so it just takes time to clear the space for it to be different. For sure. When you realize that we're standing on the the shoulders of generations and generations and generations, in many cases of much insanity, it it doesn't end overnight. But I'll I'll tell you, you know, I could point you to people who brought up in some of the most dire circumstances in one generation have worked through stress, fight, trauma, rage, alcoholism to, in just one generation, turn it around and create supportive, nurturing, loving, wondrous family relationships. And it's always awesome to be a part of that process in people's lives. So our calling number 
is 646-200-4169. If we can answer a question for you, if you're in the phone queue and you push one, that will put a hand up. Jeannie will know you want to talk to us. And we if you're on one of those up. stations that we can't hear, then you can call that number, push one, and we'll be ready to talk. And Jeannie, uh, you've got somebody to talk to us. Yes, 707, you're on the air. Hi, 707, welcome. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? I'm Julian. I'm calling from Southern Nevada. Wonderful. Nice to hear your voice. How can well, we thank support you? you? Um, listening to your radio show today has um, been a real eye-opener, and I'm very much what you've just been talking about in trying to make the changes that a life decades, unfortunately, um, of, of pain and rage and everything and looking for love in all the wrong places. And so um, I'm in a support group here. And out of Pahrump, and um, it's been a real eye-opening experience. It's been wonderful, and it just um, I still need a lot of help with it and direction. I was hoping you could give me some, and, and also I'm still working with worksheets. I'm fairly new to the support group. Well, fabulous. We're delighted to hear your voice. How can we support you? Is there a specific well, question um, that you have, an issue going on we can support you with? Well, as you were kind of talking, and I'm a little bit nervous. It's my first time talking, you know, online here with you. Um, That's okay. Talking about looking for love in all the wrong places. And as a result, I did that into my young adulthood, and, you know, probably for a decade or two before I realized, you know, I was in the wrong spot, but I didn't have the tools that I have in front of me now, still learning how to use these tools. So I was hoping you can give a little more insight to that and and clarification and how I can make these changes happen. And I don't expect them to happen overnight, but I get pretty excited and always look forward to the support and everything. Awesome. Well, do you have any children? No, I do not. Okay. Do you have a unfortunately any siblings that have children? Have you have you ever held a newborn? Oh yes, very much so. And um, I had that question asked of me, and it's a remarkable feeling that you can almost not put words to. There's no way you can even start to encapsulate that experience in words. Mm, No, there isn't. And And in Doing all of this now, I'm fortunate to have that kind of love in my life again. It's been a lot of years since holding a newborn, and now I'm having a lot of that, which is helping immensely to stay in that essence of love, but there's just so much to learn. And so I was kind of hoping you'd give me just a little bit more, you know, to go on as you do. Well, one of the first things to do is to keep in mind that experience of the newborn where, you know, when people describe the newborn and they come up with the word love, I'll often say to them, well, now, was the newborn loving you? And they kind of scratch their heads and say, well, well, no. So then the newborn 
is love and recognize, and I think this is a really important step, recognize that that's your essence too. That love isn't something that we do. And, you know, it's, it's one of the tricks of the world to put the thumbprint on us that shuts down our awareness of ourselves with, as love and then sends us out looking for love in all the wrong places like we could possibly get it from something or someone else. But to take time each day to get into a quiet, centered space and let yourself tap into yourself as the essence of love. That is such a healing process to do. And to let that love, let that tangible experience of the presence of being move through every cell in your body begins a wash that cleanses you of the insanity that never belonged in your family's bloodline in the first place. So that can Mm -hmm. be a really powerful starting point and and something to remember to do every day. Okay. And as you do that, to breathe into that experience can be just – and, you know, you find yourself under stress. Things are getting busy. Oh, my God, I can't keep up. Take a minute, and if you need to, you know, Jeannie often advises women especially, well, just go in, and if you need to, go sit in the bathroom. Nobody's going to disturb you there probably. And just take a minute and just get tapped into that essence of love. And as you give yourself that space, the experience of yourself as a human being will grow rather than the messages that you were given and the identity you took on as something other than love. And that self will begin to dissolve. So Mm -hmm. those two things, and then everything else that we teach, all of the other tools are variations on those two things. On one side, it's strengthening the experience of being love, and on the other side, weakening the experience of being something else, which is what the forgiveness tool is about. It's what the codependence tool is about, the commitment. It's, it's all tied together in those two processes. Strengthening the experience a lot of, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Um, I deal with a lot of guilt um, because of the path I chose, you know, as a result of things that had happened to me. So in doing a worksheet, if I'm doing one on the guilt of that, I mean, I, I, can you help me out on that? I can. I absolutely can. So I start out the worksheet and put my name in the first, the first blank and I, Michael, who am love, feel guilt. What's the situation? Well, I should have been perfect and done this instead of that. Perhaps that's the situation. And what's the thought? Well, I'm bad. Well, I might want to just take a breath at that moment, let myself re-experience myself as love, and, and just let myself contemplate for a moment, who gave me the message that I was bad? Where did that message come from? And recognize that that message isn't true. The truth about me is I'm the presence of love 
And as a presence of love, when I lost my way, I did behaviors that, eh, well, they weren't so good. In fact, somebody mm-hmm. could categorize them as bad. And what I'm willing to do is recognize that I can have compassion for myself. I got off base. What did I want for myself? I can drop down now to the to step three in the worksheet. What did I want? Well, I wanted to know how to function perfectly. Gee, if only I'd been perfect, then my power person would have accepted me and everything would have been okay. So then when right. I drop into, I step, I step into. So I've got the goal now of what I needed to be was perfect. And then I'm willing to go through the symptoms of healing. And I'm going to step into that presencing of love. I'm going to tap into myself as a newborn, or if I can't quite get to that, I'm going to imagine that last time I held a newborn and it was such a powerful presence of love. And I'm going to bring that love present and active in my body. And then I'm going to cancel my need to be perfect. And my mind is going to go nuts. Because everything in my file about being perfect is going to start to spew to the surface. Well, I should have done this. If only I'd done that. I should have listened. I should have done what they told me. If, 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 if. And there I breathe and I breathe. And I say to myself, geez, I've got a nine-bit mind. There are billions of bits of data in there about what's wrong with me. How can I ever get through this? Ah, step five, be in the worksheet. There's a super processor in me. I'm not on my own with this. I don't have to do this by myself. What Yeshua taught 2,000 years ago is that inside of me there is a power, whatever I choose to call it, that literally is bigger than me, knows how to undo the effects of my error, and will teach me the truth. By definition, that's the term in Aramaic, Ruka de Kutcha, that's referred to in 5b. So instead of me standing over here trying to be perfect now, this time, and do it all perfectly myself on my own, I'm going to surrender and say, I don't know how to handle this. I need help. And in Aramaic, the, the term for that, what was literally an elemental force is Ruka to Kutcha. So I'm going to ask that force, that elemental force, to go to work in me and all this stuff that's starting to spew up. Just breathe into it and let it move. And as I'm willing to turn it over, it will move in sometimes some very tumultuous and volcanic ways. Uh It may put me into a state where I may, in a matter of minutes, process years of self-deprecation and trauma. I mean, literally, in minutes, I may go through that. And my mind is going to struggle and try to figure it out and fix it. And what my job at that point is, is to just breathe and be with it and let this move. And let go of the need to figure it out and just let it move. And as I keep presencing love and as I let my mind spew up, I, I can remember back about 25 years ago, I went to India to do a, a process called Kayakopa. And it's a a youthing process done with herbs and isolation. And there was a a time period in that I did a month of this Kayakopa process. And there was a time period where for three days I put on a blindfold. I put earplugs in. I didn't speak. 
ate watermelon and drank water. And I have no idea now. I didn't have a relationship with the clock. I wasn't thinking about time. It might have been two minutes and it might have been ten hours, but I can remember so clearly that my mind started to spew up garbage like a volcano. And it went on, you know, it seemed like, and again, I had no way to tell what the time frame was, but it seemed like it went on for a long time and it just spewed this garbage and this, the most ugly stuff I could possibly imagine. And as I just hung out with that and breathed and let that move, I came out the other side and it was like, a 10,000-pound weight had lifted off of my shoulder. And so you may find yourself facing and confronting things like that with those sorts of self-judgments. And what I'd offer the thing to do, if that kind of energy, that level of energy starts to move in you, because you breathe, Mm -hmm. you keep presencing love, and you take care of yourself. That might be the time, instead of hurriedly going off, I've got to fix something, I've got to do something, that might be the time to run a hot bath, light a candle, turn out the lights, and just sit in a bathtub of hot water and breathe and let myself process and move through that and nurture and take care of myself because I deserve that. See, now is the time to start functioning lovingly toward yourself instead of out of those old judgments about self. And as you do, what will happen is all of those old energies from your life, and you can bet it didn't start with you, from your generations, will begin dissolving in you. It is a process. Right. It's not going to happen overnight, but it reliably happens. Give yourself the space and the self-care to let yourself go through it. Wow. Thank you. That was um, um, some really great information and I, and tools, and I will definitely use it. And um, when I reach that point, and, and hopefully sooner than later, I will make sure to kind of report back to you all how everything went. And, uh, that would be awesome. But, I would love it. Yeah. And if, and you know, if there have been times awesome where there have been substance, it is. It is just absolutely awesome. And if there have been substances involved, there are going to be times when my physiology is going to be releasing those things, and it's just going to seem like blot of unconsciousness. I do the same thing. I breathe. I take care of myself, and I just let myself go through it and let it go. Okay. All right. Um, fortunately, I didn't have that with me in the way of substances. It was just everything else that we've talked about is the self-judgment, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, everything Mm -hmm. that I went through. Um, So, um, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I had smoked for quite a few years, which I don't anymore. Um, And it's Mm. been quite a few years since I've quit that. So maybe that substance will come through, like you were saying. But I'm looking forward to... Okay. And I look forward to doing this work. Thank you so much. Delighted. I used to live in South Florida. And uh, when I first moved there, I had a home in North Georgia. When I first moved there, I rented a a room in a house from this little Italian lady who was in her, well, at that point in her late 60s. And uh, 
she became involved in this work and started to work with it and really dug in and, and really tapped into the work. And one day she, she was an accountant and she had her office in the front of her house. And one day she came mm-hmm. back to my room in the back of the house and said, Michael, are you smoking? It's like, you got to be kidding me, smoking? She says, well, it's like I've looked all over the house, and, and it's like somebody's been smoking in here. It's like, well, I went out with her and went into her office, and sure enough, her office is just stunk out of the high heavens of cigarette smoke. She had not smoked for 10 years. And all of a sudden, she put her wrist up to her nose and smelled her skin. It's like, oh, that's where it's coming from. She had done some wow. really deep work, and literally her body was exuding cigarette smoke, and she hadn't touched a cigarette in 10 years. So, yeah, the processing through those things can be pretty intense and uh, can be a sensory experience. And one of the things to be aware of, too, is when your body does start to let go on that level, there can be a strong craving to go back to it. And so that's the place to be where, oh, okay, my body's letting go of cigarette smoke. I don't need to pay any attention to this desire to to uh, anesthetize myself for cigarettes. Again, I'll just keep breathing and let it go. But yeah, it can be pretty physical. It's, it's pretty interesting. Okay. Well, I guess I have some interesting things to look forward to. Well, it'd be fun to hear your, your progress reports. We'd be delighted. And any way we can support you, we're here five days a week just for that purpose. Well, thank you. Delighted. Okay, you'll hear from me. All right, have a great day. All right. Okay, blessings. Thanks for the call. Take care. Okay, bye. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Andraki, for having that support group out in Pahrump that just supports people on all kinds of levels and moving through and uh, developing the brain cells to recognize there's a whole different uh, way to bring healing into ourselves and into the world. It's uh, pretty amazing, pretty sweet. So, Jeannie, anybody else with a hand up there? Anything else happening in the chat room? Uh, Nobody has a hand up, and the conversation in the chat room is um, uh, a little quiet. I'm having a private conversation with one of the people, but uh, one of them realizes that, you know, some of the uh, power person behaviors, they got that from their father, and... Being, trusting that it's possible for the relationship with their children to be healed, that that's really um, hard to believe or hard to grasp, that, uh, you know, there's been so much that has happened and and the healing that needs to happen, you know, and being able to trust that it could turn around, you know. And I was just trying to offer, you know, that the kids are okay where they are and she's okay where she is and that, you know, if she does her work around it, then, you know, possibly down the road, you know, their paths will cross again and and healing can come forward. And she just said, you know, she really had a hard time believing that that would happen. You know, sometimes... Uh, being able to observe the process of healing happening or, you know, observe a trauma through a movie can be useful to stimulate and move energy and to open a different space. And the thought comes, there's a, a kind of an interesting movie out there called, I think it's either I or We Bought a Zoo. 
if you haven't seen that movie, just the intuition comes that you might find that movie interesting and helpful to see how a space that seems impossible can shift. And it can. And sometimes in the strangest ways. Just the strangest ways you can imagine. You know, we have a young man who um, who was actually at Heartland this last year. And he had been estranged from his son for 20 years. And the the last time he had heard from it was nothing but rage and just rage. I mean, literally, as an adult, raging, vehement spewing of hatred at his father. And there were a couple of shows he shared back a couple of months ago where all of a sudden communication opened and there were hours and hours and hours of loving, caring communication that he thought was just an absolute impossibility and could never happen. And this is a man who's in his 70s, so his son is, you know, in his 50s. And, you know, for 20 years there was no communication. So I just invite you to hold the space. And if there's a part of you that can't believe that, then you might want to do some worksheets around that very issue. This isn't possible. It couldn't happen to me. And, you know, your mind may try to figure out how to make it happen. Your mind will never figure out how to make that happen. But if you'll breathe, if you'll do your work and let go, there is a power in you that exists in your children that knows exactly how to open communication, knows exactly how to show you how to approach the opening and the healing of that whole circumstance. That power can be relied on. The biggest trick is to be able to listen to it. And it's there, and it will, if you'll let it. And we breathe with you in allowing that space to open. Dr. Tim, any thoughts for you? Actually, Dr. Tim has dropped off of our board. I would say dropped off. Okay. He's back again. Hold on. You're back on, Dr. Tim. I was just wondering if you had any other thoughts for the person in the chat room who's looking at challenges um, with their children. Well, I had the the thought that I had intended to look up those shows where – the person you were talking about called in and talked about his adult son and how that relationship changed when he did his own work and how he had insights into how he he uncovered after layers of worksheets and work and breath sessions that he was actually holding the energy thinking his son was doing to him this, this, and this, and he actually uncovered the fact that Unwittingly, he was actually doing that to his son, energetically. And that would be a wonderful set of of, uh, shows um, 
to be able to point this person to. Jeannie, do you remember what I'm talking about? The um, Was it James yeah, Farmer? I'm, I'm, Jim I'm Farmer? doing a, a search to see if I can find it. Yeah, he, was, he even shared that, you know, in his mind, you know, he and his son just could never uh, be on the same page or whatever, and that when they did finally start talking, his son actually made the statement and said, Dad, I was right behind you the whole time. I was waiting for you to turn around. Yeah, or and, something like that. Yeah, and Jim Farmer said almost identically what Michael just said about how if you believe you're in a relationship that is so deeply wounded that it could never change, please try. Because he said that's exactly what he had felt for years of his trying and everything he tried prior to using these tools or without direct application of these tools, everything he had tried failed miserably or blew up in his face. And when he just quit trying to do those things for, with, and to his son and just did his own internal work, it shifted things so dramatically that the next time he had interaction with his son, it it went in a way he never could have imagined. And... It's interesting that just part of that conversation is, you know, prior to those calls from Jim, you know, Jim had done laws of living and, you know, there's homework to do. And several times Jim and I had the conversation of, well, you know, I, I, you know, that doing that homework every day just doesn't work for me. You know, it's just kind of like, mm. and I finally said, Jim, instead of you trying to figure out how it's going to work and if it'll work and what you do, Here's the idea. You do your work and you go to depth on a daily basis and results that you can't figure out will happen if you do your work. That's all. It's just how it works. But you can't hope to get a result that you're not willing to do the work it takes to produce the result. And so Jim's dug in and started on a daily basis to do the laws of living homework. And it was after about, if I remember correctly, about two weeks of that, that this whole turnaround took place. And it was just like, oh, my God, how is that possible? Well, that's how it's possible. You do your work every day. You move forward. And shifts take place that couldn't be imagined. In the meantime, we're down to just the last few seconds of the show. So we're honored and delighted for everybody that chooses to play. If the show is meaningful to you, please, the MP3 will be available online. Attach it to an email. Send it to a friend. Pass it on to somebody. Send it to somebody on the other side of the planet. Send it to somebody on the other side of the street. Send it to somebody on the other side of the bed. Be the space of love. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael Jeannie or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. 
A-G-A-I-N dot org. <laughs>